Warning. 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 Trigger alert. She about to say some real shit. Howdy. Howdy. Howdy, 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 ho. Is it, um... Yes, it is February. <laughs> it is February, right? So, um, to the groundhog, see, it's a uh, right happy. <laughs> Love you, boo. Um, did the groundhog see its shadow? Do we have uh, three more, six more weeks of spring? What's going on? Um, yeah, fucking February. Are we like voting for Bernie Sanders for or what? Days. Like, what the hell is going on oh, here? God. Somebody called me yesterday to see like if I was decide. They called from Bloomberg's, like some little. It sounded like a kid, like a kid, like a yeah. They get teenager. people to like to to do phone. And banks. I said, yeah. I said I wasn't decided. I'm like, fucking. How can you? They call. They were like, are you going to vote for Mike Bloom? Bloomberg? He didn't say that. That's the thing. He goes, I'm calling from Bloomberg's office just to to see if you have decided who you're going to vote for in the primary. And I said, I have not decided. In fact, Do you, would you vote for Mike Bloomberg? I might. I so here's he's an oligarch, another I fucking agree, billionaire. I agree. There's one thing about Bloomberg. One one fucking thing about Bloomberg. He's a Jew. <laughs> I'm not sure he's electable. I gotta know. This is fucking America. He's like, oh my god! <laughs> you see those commercials? I'm like, how is this guy running for president? They're I know he be does like, not look presidential. But then I look at our fucking president. He's like mean, the least presidential. He's such a schlub. But Bloomberg is such a little tiny schlub. I know he is. But here's there's one thing. Remember, he used to wear the same pair of shoes, and he would get them resold. And he was like, this is what I'm wearing, and I get a re get them resold every two years. Re- and he also was the guy that told, he was the first guy to always take the subway, right? Yeah. He took the subway to work. I mean, he must but love he, rodents. But that's an, <laughs> dude, there's one thing about Mike Bloomberg. One fucking thing that I have never, ever, ever seen in any politician, no matter whether it was like the fucking principal of an elementary school, all the way up to the president of the United States. There's one thing that he consistently did that I've never seen a politician do. He never, as far as I could tell, ever made a decision based on politics. Everything that he did, huh. and he'd ma- he'd, he made a lot of decisions that I didn't agree with Correct for New York. He made a lot that I really did agree with. I love what he did with like the bike lanes and stuff. Maybe he was fucking pulling the wool over my eyes, but like it seemed to me that even when I, did, he I didn't agree with him- He opened up a it, law to let- People who are not American citizens buy up this fucking city. He just opened up capitalism times a gazillion for this city. Uh, Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not a, I'm not here to to tap Bloomberg. No, no, no. It's just the one thing that I really liked about him, which I found so refreshing because, because literally I've never seen anybody else do it ever, ever. I've never seen a politician or anybody who just said, you know what, this is my decision and I'm going to... I mean, you know what's a great example is the fucking soft drink wars that was so ridiculous. Like, the he tried to outlaw Big Gulps. Oh, yeah, remember that? <laughs> it's so silly, but, like, he did it... 
Because he thought it was the fucking right thing to do. He's like, there's too many people, too many diabetics. And Meanwhile, fucking- they're they're like, can I have three small cokes, please? <laughs> like, it's like, I it's know, a, it like, was silly, but like, and it was so unpopular, but he had to know that it was going to be unpopular. Right. And they were like, and they made all the restaurants like start putting their uh, caloric, like how much right? calories. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, my burrito has 970 calories. <laughs> no wonder I'm fat. Like, I feel like it was like, just like a, you know, 500 calories. Like, I'm just like, I can't eat in these restaurants. Like, I got to eat at home where there's no calories. There's literally I, no calories in any of my food. I don't, I mean, I don't want to talk about Bloomberg anymore because I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm his boy. And no, I'm but not. you're considering. And I probably won't But vote you're for carefully him. considering everything. But I really find that so refreshing. So, okay. So speaking of Jews, <laughs> right? And on not being able to be like voted in, like Bernie Sanders is practically unable to be voted in. And right. I'm like all about that. I'm all about Bernie. I'm even officially like working for Bernie. I know you are. Um, And I just feel like he's too Jewish for America. Yeah, I, think I mean, he's like screaming all the time. Like it's like <laughs> sitting with your uncle at dinner. You're like... <laughs> Um, I swear I'm okay. Like, don't worry. Like, um, <laughs> I, just can't, I can't, you know, I never liked that his TV show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> and I think that's really the worst part for me. Yeah. Oh, uh, whatever. Larry David, we got to like catch up on that. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But speaking about catching up. Yeah, let's catch up to this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> for real anyway our guest today is in the top the top of his game uh one of i would say you know one of the greatest yes also one of like the nicest kindest coolest very like supportive person to me personally a good friend always mm-hmm. you know i feel like i represent new york graffiti Right. And I'm sure like everybody, all the graffiti writers from New York, like represent like New York graffiti on some level. But maybe it's just like sort of like. I thought you were going to say, I think all New York graffiti writers think that I represent New York graffiti. Oh, well, of course. (laughs) But it's just a given. It's just like a whatever. But like internationally. Yeah. I feel like Seth. He's the ambassador. Right. Like represents New York graffiti of current New York graffiti. Right. Right. Of like what's, you know, and is this like style technician, you know, (laughs) as the nerds like to call it, you know, these letter guys, these guys with their fucking letters. (laughs) Okay. I draw like a blob with nails. That's my shit. (laughs) No, I like letters too, but you know, internationally, like, I mean, I would think he would be like our first ambassador. Ambassador, I was going to liken like it word. to like a, ba- a a basketball team, but yet I know no positions. <laughs> Who's the guy who throws the ball? They all throw the fucking ball. The main guy, the main. You mean he shoots baskets? He's the basket Like a forward? <laughs> yes. Okay, he's the number one forward. Center? All right. He's, the he's right. 
he's not the wingman. You know what I mean? Like he's like he's the starting lineup. So is he the quarterback? He's the quarterback. <laughs> he is the quarterback for like New York, like uh, in the international realm of like graffiti. He's sort of like the quarterback for New York. Right. I'm going to say that he might throw the ball to you. He might throw it to Stash. Whoever. Not ne- not us. He's totally lost. Me. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> I know. Brad, your graffiti, your graffiti knowledge is growing every day. I'm proud of you. Even just for trying. You're cute. No, I'm serious. You're learning all about graffiti, uh, well, not just to hate it. <laughs> right? More there's more than just claw in the world. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> you like really I saw graffiti and it didn't say claw. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, so anyway, um, he's a good look. He's a good look for us. And, um, I think he, um, people have his eye, uh, have their eyes on him when watching to see what he does. And, uh, so do I. And, and so will you. Let's, let's, uh, let's hear what he has to say. Let's let him it. in. Let's let him in. Come on in. <laughs> But we're here. We made it. Yes. We're here today with um, one of one of my favorite people. Well, two of my favorite people. Right. <laughs> but um, we are interviewing the one and only Cess uh, One today. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good afternoon, both of you. Good to be here. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very. Would you say that driving in Manhattan? Is worse in the last year than it was last year. Oh, it's it's horrific. And I can't figure out why. Is it because of all those like pedestrian parks, all those like cafes? Yeah, in that the middle city, Fifth that Avenue? city bike shit got oh, the got city shit right, cut right, in right, half, right. and then true. you got uh, just those all fucking kinds bus of lanes other... going down Broadway. What the fuck is that? Yeah, that giant bus lane. They but stand it's... there giving you tickets if you're like in it, and meanwhile everybody's double parked in yeah, the lane. You can I drive never in. get caught with that. I just run right through. I'll I'll snake in and out. I'm a tiny bus, okay? Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm in and out. Metro. But Uh, it depends on the time of day. If you do it at night, I could be back uptown in in 12 minutes. Damn. Or, I drive fast, or it could take me two and a half hours just to get to here. I thought on average, I'm like, because I have to go to bed early, um, so I'm not out like late, late night when I used to get home in 12 minutes. An average at leaving at like six thirty seven at night, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, well, that's... and that's like not even like height of rush hour. Right, that's ouch. That's just nightmare time. That you'd like be LA. better off on the train. It's like L A. here now. Times. It's. Do you know that people in L A. like when you go to L A. and you're like, oh, I have a meeting, but I'm gonna have a meeting with this guy in the morning and have a meeting with this guy in the afternoon. I'm only here for two days. They're like, you can't schedule more than one meeting in a day i'm like i thought it was like the california lifestyle oh no it's the fucking traffic you're in your car for six hours for a fucking one hour meeting three hours there three hours back like if you have to go to like santa monica like from like hollywood or something oh one meeting a day it's time to move to ohio people (laughs) oh you don't want to go there you see that opioid epidemic in ohio is at a catastrophic rate do you know the number one opioid? Um, it's got to be Ohio. It's the Bronx. Get the More fuck out of here. No overdose way. deaths in really? the country are in the Bronx. Well, that's 
Because, you know, the fentanyl. They're cutting the fentanyl oh, yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the heroin or whatever. Because they're getting it from China or and something. And people want or, that. From, people want that extreme Right, right. High. If you're going to, if somebody's dying off it, that's that they're shit. They're online right. to get that shit <laughs> with Narcan in their pocket. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Give me that good shit, that fucking... Right. I want bring that. Me, bring me close to the edge. Sniff a bag of that death. <laughs> um, all right. Well, there's a, I did a lot of research on you. I, there's so much stuff. It's frightening. I mean, you have been giving straight up interviews for like 20-something years. There's a lot... A lot so, of stuff. So there's nothing left to talk about. I know yeah. everything, and we'll see you guys in two weeks, <laughs> okay? Like, all right, look. <laughs> Ask me a question, I'll tell you where okay, to go no, look no, it no, up. No, 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 So, um, <laughs> you're from... Uh, Westchester. Westchester, where all the good writers are from, just so you know. Um, and when did, when did you first sort of notice graffiti? Okay. That didn't turn up in any of the interviews. No. Okay, so you're going to get it live from okay, me this is, directly. Okay, this is a very special it's interview. Unprecedented. A special tw- a 20-year edition, never, question never asked. Let me see which folder I'm going to tell this story <laughs> from. No, it's it's real basic. I grew up in Westchester. My but parents... Very, but very, it's very close to the Bronx. Oh, yeah, it's like a stone's throw, as right. they say. My father, born and raised in Harlem, so my parents got divorced when I was a young kid. Maybe I was five six years old my father then was in the bronx and i was raised in westchester mm-hmm. so back and forth right was the vibe so that's why i had friends here i had friends there kind of thing which was it's a plus though it's a nightmare when you're a kid you don't want to go through that i don't wish that on any child you know but I, you know when i was young my parents would fight all the time and i would wish they would get divorced and i would be like oh i would just be chilling on the yeah. weekends with my dad i'll be chilling <laughs> you can't see that when you're a kid i guess though. no 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 right so yeah, so back and forth, and having uh, well, let's let's call it what it is. I had one friend in particular that was into writing, and he wrote, or his name was Randy. He wrote many different names. Mm-hmm. He actually lived directly across the street. He was a few years older than I was, and this is probably summer nineteen eighty three. Okay, so you are th- like twelve, thirteen, right? right. There. Okay, right. And he would come to to my house every morning. And walk with me and my brother to school. And every morning he would come, he would knock on the door, and he would have a different cardboard drawing of a different name that he did or character. And he would give one to me or to my brother. And we'd look at each other and be like, dude's bogged out. What is this shit? Like, I don't get He's it. He's gifting like, you like art. Right. But I didn't know what the hell it was. I'm like, I don't see any anything I know here. There's no So it's not, Spider-Man it wasn't your name. Or, it wasn't your name. No, it was just random. Just a random name. Right. Like he'd write fresh and it'd be, and I wish I had yeah. some of these things, you know, but in the sense of him doing that, we would talk about it and then I would see him in and around school and he'd be hanging out with other cats who were doing this. So I was like, you know, what's the story with that? You're like, can I get into your doodle club? He, he, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I was into art already. All I right, was, that's what I was going to ask you. Were down. you like, you were like, oh, I'm like an artist. Right. I didn't know it. And to go even further back right now is, well, let's go back to my first day of schooling and being around other kids, uh, pre-K. And the teacher asked all the students, yo, let's, we're all going to draw. Here's some crayons and paper. Everyone's going to draw their favorite animal today. I was like, bet. So I drew like a, a really nice tiger and it looked like a tiger with the stripes and everything and the claws. 
and we all put them up on the wall and pinned like, them up on the wall. He's gifted. Oh my god, I was so embarrassed. Like the teacher was like, "Who did this one right here?" And I was scared. Like I thought I did right, something right, wrong. Right, right. Like, she made me come like in front of the class. Balls and, on this one, or something. Right, <laughs> hold my hand up in the air, and she's like, boys and girls, we got a real artist in our class. This is phenomenal. So and I looked knew, at everyone else's shit. It was right garbage. that you were, but you were like, oh damn, I'm like, I got the gift. I didn't know at that point. I thought everyone knew how to draw, like they know how to run, like they know how to sure. catch a ball. Everyone so was, was your, born with this. Was your were your parents like fostering this in you? Like here, draw. They, they didn't know until something happened in school where I drew some crazy shit that was like some demonic thing. I forget what it was. My brother remembers it because he still holds it over my head. And they call my parents in because I drew some crazy thing. And I don't know if it was on the blackboard or in my book. I can't remember. And I got in trouble for drawing. In- inappropriate violence material. Right. Okay. Might have been sexual. I don't know what it was. My kid does like these like That's hor- when they horror knew. drawings too and it's like scary and I'm like if his teacher sees these like oh right. my god we're going to get a call. No, and they all do this. We're talking this was the like 70s. Like bloody knives and like it's, I'm like oh my god. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at. So that's when they knew oh my father's like oh you drew this? He's like it's, it's good. Crazy, He's not in trouble. Good. This is yeah. Yeah, you can really do something with this if you, you know, mm-hmm. get your head screwed on straight. So from there, I would just mess around and draw like most kids would draw like comic book shit or whatever, things like this. And that's where uh, my neighbor at the time, Randy, and other cats were like, "Yo, we're going to go out and and, you know, we'll take you with us." So Randy besides drawing these gifts every day, Right. He wrote. He actually wrote graffiti. He actually did, yeah. He actually did. So what was the first time writing graffiti with Randy and your posse like? And like what kind of spray paint did you have? I went with them. They had paint. They had backpacks, I remember, and I went out with them. And they were just catching signatures, like going out on the highway, I think it was like 95 or whatever, and in and around. And they were like, this is a tag. This is a throw up. And, you know, I was like, yeah, but I don't have a name. Like, what do I call myself? And the first name I wrote which was uh, taken from my last name, was Pro, P-R-O. Oh, that's cute. So I wrote it that first night. Uh-huh. And then they told me, like, the next day, yo, those pros were cool and everything, but you don't want to call yourself the name that you were already given because now you're going to bring that to you, the heat to you. Oh, when, so, right, everybody's going to know, right, right that's, you, that's I can't you. Right, right, you know that. So I was like, all right, cool. So I started messing around and, and doing other names that I would, you know, try and figure out, okay, well, this would work, would this work? And in and around that time, we uh, got on the train, uh-huh. went downtown, we tried to find the Hall of Fame, the Harlem Hall of Fame, because they heard things were happening there, so on and so forth. Park. Right. Right. Okay. And we made it down there. And it's like the first time I actually... S- got to see these things up close. There was the uh, Strictly (laughs) Kings and Better, (laughs) the Dez with the Martin Luther King. I was there checking this stuff out, and I was like, oh, wow, I want to do what they're doing. So this was a a heavy impact on me as a a little kid. Plus, I I didn't know where the fuck I was. I might as well have been on Mars. Right. I remember it was summer. So in, in and around that time, I started messing around with more letters, and it was really Randy that more suggested to me, like, you really gravitate towards scene and scheme and these S-E combinations that you like. So I took the name Cess. Because it's it's such a specific 
like name and also like weed culture was like very like was, at its infancy it was like cess like a like a common like sesamilia i guess it, it people, was right? people thought that i got it from that but no truth is i was just I was picking just like, letters oh, yeah this dude's a weed head that like. i like no oh, okay no i, I kind of it, it all fell into place that summer. Okay. It was probably the first time I smoked weed and the first time I, I attempted to do a piece. And, and it all came to be that they called weed cess. Mm-hmm. I liked the letters because the aggressive look and the mm-hmm. nature of it and the cats who were doing it. I wanted to emulate them. And, and that's really the, the grassroots of how that came to be. I still think that the... E and the T are like the hardest letters. Like E, like people that are attracted to E's are like psychos. Lovies. They're I psychos. Love. <laughs> no, I have a great E relationship. So, you know, Brad, they're so like square and straight and like. No, but there's, no, there's I know, I upper mean, and obvi- lower. And obvi- there's, obviously, there is. Yeah, there's obviously, so many there's, ways many, to go. there's many ways to flip an E. But, right. um, but mo- most people who have an E in their name are psychos. Okay, I'm just saying that across the board. Okay, yeah. fight me, fight me, most, I dare you. <laughs> most people I know have ease. Psychos. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> L's are hard, T's are hard, like that square. Ooh, yeah, you know what I mean? Hard? That angle, that right angle, shit, or whatever, or the representation of the right. It angle. all depends on where it falls. If it falls at the end and it's an L, you can swing and flip it. If it sure. falls. In a different area, you know, like people always say, oh, to end when an S was hard. I didn't find that to be. Yeah, I like S's too. What I, like I did S's. find to be is when I, when, like I said, I, I, I first wrote S-E-S. Not knowing about Sess Dog, later I would then, you know, learn of his... his Who the fuck is Sess Dog? From oh, Cypress Hill? No, he was like oh. a, a fucking crazy bomber from Brooklyn or what have you. Oh, I don't even know. I'm a we toy. became cool later on. Okay. Like, in any event, I could I tried to do cess pieces, S E S, right? And I would try and make do the first S and E and the second S look like the first S. Now I'm thirteen years old. I'm using whatever I could steal. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, stock cap, I'm this, I'm that. Shit was not easy no. to get that second S to look like the first one and it would piss me the fuck off. Huh. So you dropped the S. I dropped the S probably around 80, 86, I'd say. End of 85, 86. Okay. So that was a good two years of struggling. With, with, a, with a double S. Right. And right. I, did, I did quite a few pieces. I did. And I wasn't into documenting things. I thought things would who last would, forever. Who documented? Right. Uh, right. I was fortunate enough that people actually later on found this picture and that picture and angle shot of this and so on and so forth and i was like wow i don't remember some of this stuff shout out to the internet right (laughs) seriously yeah yeah, i mean it's it's amazing right truly scary and also what they say is if you paint it someone will see it and if you know if they see it they'll photograph it that's just the way it is thanks i believe it i believe it okay so now you're bombing highways you're catching tags you're um, no 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 I only wrote, let's say, from 83 mm-hmm. to 86. Okay. And in that time, I went, and again, I, I met uh, Vet around. Okay, because I really want to talk to you about Vet. Because I think like, yeah. people don't really know. He used to write SEC. When I met him, he wrote SEC. S-E-C-K. SEC. Okay. He wasn't Vet yet. Okay. Prior to that, he was actually wrote Dulsa 98. Okay. But when I met him, I met him through Randy. 
Okay. Because they went to school together. Again, these guys were uh, two, maybe four years older than me. All right. You know, so that's a big difference when you're a kid. If I'm 13 and you're 17, it's like I'm looking up to you. You really saw the world, right? You know your way around. For sure. So I mean, there's a big, that's like a lifetime for a child. Right. Yeah. And I would see him up. I was familiar with his work and things were happening. Black books were getting passed around. I would get books uh, with his work in it. And I was just mesmerized by a lot of the cats in and around that time that I would see their stuff in person. Because I feel like... Everything was in person. There was no internet. Oh, oh well, yes. I, I was there. Okay. <laughs> so was well, Brad. No, it makes, Brad was there before us. It even. makes a world He's of difference. Like, I can't reiterate <laughs> that. Like, how it is to stand in front of that piece or you know well it's just amazing like there was no magazines or internet and like basically how did we survive right like (laughs) and and the way style sort of um but you had to go like you right you had to physically see it we would cut school smoke weed ride the trains all day i didn't even have a camera so whatever i would absorb was what i would remember i said oh i really like the way that cat used turquoise and red together. Or, and I would, I would hold on to that right. until I had opportunity to draw it, paint it, what have you. And those, the, one of us had a camera, like a, a Kodak disc or one of these other garbage cameras. You'd have to go and get things developed and wait for it, and, and your pictures were always shitty and this, that, and the third. So I wasn't too big on waiting around for stuff. I wanted shit now. Right. And I wanted to do it now. So I wanted to go out and steal as much paint as I could. I got really good at that. Mm-hmm. And and then just go out there and do it. But I would practice all the time drawing, drawing, drawing. And it, it was mostly letters or you were doing like, you no. were just doing all kinds of art? Mostly letters. Mostly mo- letters. Mo- it was mostly letters. Once, once I went full in, like, yeah, in the beginning, yeah, I was trying to draw all kinds of characters and So are weird you trying shit. to paint pieces now? Are you doing... Doing legit, full-on pieces, 3D clouds, the whole shit. Right. Really trying to be a superhero like the guys that I saw when I would cut school, seeing their names on the trains. Um, So when was your first... When did you paint your first train? Because... I painted my first train probably 85. 85. I went with Randy again to... Shout out to Randy. Oh, yeah. He was my guy. He was my guy. Took me to Dyer Avenue. Okay. Daytime. Trains were parked right there in the back in the woods. It was much different. You could walk in. Mm-hmm. And we go inside, and we both had our fucking little backpacks on, and we get up to the train. Daytime, thinking, we're allowed to do this shit, because look at it. Right. How else would this shit not, you know, how <laughs> would it right, get done? Right. How would, uh, yeah, who, how does this get on the train if you're not doing it at the Right, time? and we knew other cats that were doing it, and they, they kind of put us on, yeah, you can go here, you go to Baychester, you go to this place, 241st, and we knew that was the easiest and closest. Mm-hmm. So we went, and I remember the first time going, I was so short that I couldn't reach the train. That's right. So I it, stood right. on the wood and I still couldn't reach the train. It was like, <laughs> it just wasn't enough. I was still like, if I really would have did a piece, it would have been like a 12-inch piece on the panel. <laughs> so so I was, again, such a hungry dude. There was a milk factory right there next to Dyer Avenue. And I remembered it walking in. And so I ran out of the layup, took two milk crates and ran back in and put them on top of the wood and stood on those milk crates to do my first piece now i thought i'm good from here now i got this now i had only painted on walls 
So when that paint hit the train, it hit that cold metal and, it and just dripped fucking down. ran down. <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit! How the fuck do they do this shit?" Yeah, you got to change your whole technique. Right. So I, I I did my best to do it, and I never got to see that first piece that I did. However, years later, I ran into not even years later, probably about a year later, I ran into these two cats who stopped me because I was walking with a black book. Walking with a milk crate. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did. Yeah. And the kid was like, oh, let me see your book. And I showed him my book. He was like, oh, you you were that cat that, that tried to do this in Dyer Avenue, the same thing. He was like, yeah, yeah. We went over that shit. I forget. Uh, it was this cat, EMZ, he wrote. And uh, I'll never forget that because I was like partially grateful that you took <laughs> away my, pissed, right? my embarrassment and partially like, damn, dude. And he was like, Dude, you can't just run up in the spot like that. Like, you got to be more prepared. I was like, yo, that shit was harder than I thought. I was always a real passive dude. Like, you could, I could take things a certain way. Sure. Or I could grow from it. So I learned right there, like, okay, I'll have my, my, right, you got to bring your A, right. You got to bring your A game and shit, right. Truth, the shit was garbage. I would have went over it if it wasn't me. It literally ran, it was silver and it was a script letter cess. And it just ran right off, right <laughs> off the train. It looked like I painted the shit with melted popsicles. It was just <laughs> right off. So now are you like, I'm addicted to painting trains and you have to paint no, trains every weekend? I wasn't or so like... fascinated with it. I, you know, again, at that time, now you're talking 85, 86, I'm, I'm into other things, uh-huh. hanging out, getting high, girls, life, music, graffiti slowly kind of to slip away. Okay. So it kind of ran its course. Like... It was cool. It was the adventure. Well, it was sort of like the the New York experience of like a teenager. Like you get into graffiti, like almost everyone does, and right. then they just sort of drop it. You I, know? I felt it's like, like a, that in okay. in eighty three, eighty four. I felt like everyone I knew wrote. Yeah, literally, they did. everyone I they knew did. wrote. So yeah. it was like, and then that summer, there was like five of us left, and then the next summer there was like two of us left. Right in from where I'm coming from. Right, so it was like all right, cool, this is probably how it goes. You know, you get older, then you get a car, then you get to go here, then you, you there's different things to aspire to at sure. that point. And that was pretty much the program that was set. And I, and I went with it, you know, and I forget what it was. Oh, no, I remember. I, I, I jumped in and out because of VET. I would still see him. And now I'm not really writing, but I'm a fan. So we're talking now... 87 didn't i don't think i did a piece in 87 maybe i took a tag here or there uh-huh. 88 run into vet and now we did a few things together a few pieces and it was around halloween and we got together to paint a halloween uh production, production. illegal on the on the handball courts so that meant racking paint. That meant going all back in. Now I'm 18 years old. Now I got a car. We can go fucking get paint. We could do this. We can do that. And you also are like ratcheted up like the jail time or, or like the, um, you know, the charges that could, you know, when right. you're like a kid, it's right. not so serious. Right. All of the, all that came with it. So I, I had my run-ins, obviously, with police in and around that time, be it for racking or trespassing or graffiti or any nu- uh, numerous things that just were uh, you know naughty boy stuff right right mm-hmm. which most people did you know but I was I wasn't that into it still at that point I, I got to be honest with you 
In 88, I, what did I do? Maybe one, two, three pieces that mm-hmm. I can recall. And 89, nothing. 90, nothing. 91, going into 92, my father passed away. Okay. That was like a game changer for me because now I'm 20 years old maybe and I had to become a man overnight. Right. So I didn't know what the fuck to do. You know, I I was getting away with murder my whole life. My, my life was just free and easy. Mm-hmm. So I went back to what I loved. I actually ran into vet uh, one day and he was like, yo, you should come back out. You know, we, we could do something. We ended up doing this big production over by Co-op City on the Amtraks, which we would go every day and rack paint. And it, it kind of helped me get outside of myself, like revisiting this almost like childhood thing. So do you, did you drop art altogether? At that point, and were you, like, thinking about, like, your future and, like, what you were going to do for a living? And especially with your father dying now, you had to, like, be an adult. Right. No, I I was thinking, like, all right, I got to do something related to art. And I had people who would uh, hook me up on different side jobs. Like, oh, this company needs this logo or this person Mm -hmm. wants you to do this or, you know, all all kinds of random things. I forget. I, I probably just had some basic bullshit job at that time and Mm -hmm. i was again 20 years old you're still pretty much a kid you know but now now i got an apartment now i got to figure out how i'm gonna you know get through things you know do this kind of stuff so it was paint more you know and get high more and figure it out later kind of attitude right there was like a crossroads there it's like i knew shit was coming but i just wanted to just let it all out but you really Prior. like you jumped into the like the clean train movement. I like I, well, no, I mean, you don't you think you did? Like, I did it, a bunch. It, yeah. I did a bunch of trains, but again, I was never really. Fa- I was more fascinated with the adventure okay. of doing these things, right? So, if it was doing the mission, doing five pieces a night, I can recall mm. it was doing pieces on the way to attempt to do a clean train doing a piece right outside the tunnel to go check on the trains to do these things. There was no stopping. Right. So it was racking every day once again, painting every night, racking every day, painting every night was primarily my life. Getting side work, doing things right. on the side, getting by. Okay. Was was the, the vibe, you know, much different than today. Even to say it, to hear myself say it, I want to smack that 20-year-old me and be like, what are you fucking kidding me? But it was but, the different, like, New York was so different. Like, you could just get by. You could yeah. just, like, you could go out with, like, 10 bucks in your pocket and fucking party all night. Well, no, like, you, you knew, know what I mean? Like, you knew it's people just, who, ah, oh, you want to come to this party? It was like everything was already at the party. There was no sizing you up at the door and right, paying right, for this right, and right, paying right. for that. And then there was also, like... You could get literally get away with just wearing a hoodie and jeans. It didn't have to be that name brand shit you were wearing or this or that. It was like standard living. Sure. Like uniforms of New York. Sure. It was easy and just to get around and get by. Now? No. It's no, now just... you got to be a fucking rock star and a rap star. You got to wear everything's got to be like this. It's got to be this way. It's a, it's a whole different look and feel to the to the world. If you could really bring your mind, I know you was there. Mm. It was a lot easier 
It was so much easier and just. But you like, don't know it at the time, right? You don't know. No, it at you're the time. struggling to make that ten dollars so you can go party. Like you know what I mean? Right, like right. yeah, you're getting paid like six dollars and thirty five cents an hour. Right. Like, I was, <laughs> I was a messenger. I was a messenger for a while, and and then I remember I worked for like an upscale florist in the Upper West Side, right? And. I had my own van, and I would deliver in the company. You van. were like, "I'm really good with colors." Like, no, I didn't give a fuck go. about none let of me that. Get, let me get loose. For, <laughs> for me, again, I was twenty. Let me handle your bouquets. No, yeah. I was like twenty years old, <laughs> and I at this point I was living in Manhattan, now, mm-hmm. and what I would do is I would uh, get to deliver to all these celebrities and and fucking movie stars and Broadway plays, and I'd be smoked out delivering flowers to to cats behind stage and holy shit, you know, this is incredible. Or movie stars putting flowers on Spielberg's piano every Tuesday morning and doing this. It was a trip of a job for a kid. Sure. And I would drive around and fucking rack all day. Ah. Did you get to Did you get to hand these celebrities the I, flowers I, yourself? Yes, no, because the doorman or what, what have you would try and stop you. Oh, we'll bring it up, son. I was like, no, no, no. I'm getting broke off. This is my job. So who's like some of the biggest names? You remember uh, one of the ones I remember. I delivered flowers to Van Halen in a <laughs> hotel on uh, I think it was Fifty Something Street, and I was just blown away. They have like flower guys, I wouldn't even, <laughs> right? Like Van Halen, whatever they're like, fucking manager David or whatever. Roth is like, I need orange rose. No, there guy. was a chick. Uh, <laughs> I forget what her name was. Valerie Bertinelli. She's married to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. I mean, that was the weirdest couple, right? Right. right. No. <laughs> Countless, countless celebrities. I'd really have to think like who was my favorite or whatever. But every other time, because you'd get the sheet on like where you were going and you'd be like, oh, shit, no way. I'm going to fucking, you know, this cat's house right now. And you'd learn where everyone fucking lived also. So I feel like I just assumed that you were like. Addi- like addicted to graffiti from the time that you like met spray paint and you were just like I'm painting every day like because when I first started writing graffiti I was like painting every night I did and, like, I don't know if I covered that enough okay. now, and let me just go back to it when I got turned on to it you loved it, it was right it was your on shit. and popping uh-huh. for those two three summers okay I lived it I lived it I mean everything was about graffiti. Every, you couldn't tell me shit. I didn't. I don't think I. Even, I was really into sports as a kid. I don't even think I played sports during those few summers. I was just like, "Yo, let's go get this paint." I, I, I saw this new spot. And yes, I lived it, but I lived it so much. I'm that kind of addictive personality, right, nut, you, overboard right. kind of cat. As if you don't know that I did so much so fast. Right. Right. I did so much so fast. So within three years or whatever. I pretty much had my run like, man, this, what else What else is happening here? Okay, so now you're painting with Randy, you're painting with Vet. Vet is like a style god that people don't know about, don't right. you think? Oh, yeah, he's he's tremendous. And know? I mean, I feel As like kid, you can't literally find any information on Vet. You can't find pictures. Oh, no, no, I like remember as a kid, they... they they uh, did an article on him in one of the Westchester uh, newspapers where they, like, walked around with him for a day. And oh, he really? Did this. If you can find that, yeah, it'd be real interesting. So this dude still just busts out, like, a crazy wild-style piece, like, under a trestle, like, in everything the Bronx, with, illegal, with, with like, just illegal with a crazy name. And everything's racked. It's the most, about as real as you want to be in 
in the essence of how we learned how to do this shit. But right? he's still like he's still churning out work. And still to like, this very, he's probably doing a piece right now. Probably, <laughs> probably racking right Shout now. It's like racking hours. Yeah, <laughs> racking hour. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's but he a was lifer. A good, he's a lifer. He was like a good. Uh, how can I say? He would push. He would really push you in the sense of, like, come on, like, really, you're not gonna fucking go for it. Let's go, you know, like, take that other can or or climb up onto that fucking roof. Yo, we got to get this shit. He would push you where I would just be like, no, nah, we could do something else. And be, no, no, you know, he he was really about it. He was like the battery that a, a person would need. And a person like me, if you if you pushed me in such a direction, I was I was coming from playing sports and, and, and being a fan of so many things, I took to it. Right. Don't test me because I'll do it twice as hard type shit. Right. I'm still pretty much like that. But in, the, in that time period, again, I think I maxed out. Okay. I maxed out. So I, I wanted to go back to that and say that I didn't mean to brush over it. Like, yeah, I wrote, I did a couple yeah, of pieces. Yeah, like, oh, you know, here and no, there. <laughs> I lived right, that you, shit. Right, you were fucking churning out. Right. Shit. My whole life was, you know, we would rack all day. Now, imagine you got kids, your 13-year-old kid comes home with fucking $500 worth of markers. <laughs> Where did you get these markers in 1983? I'd have to hide them. We had like a fucking ah. abandoned building that we turned into was, our clubhouse. So was your was your parents like on your tip for I, stuff like that? Because I feel like I could be like, oh my, they gave them to me at school, mom. Like they don't need them or whatever. I was a James Bond type of kid early on. I uh-huh. didn't want to set off any red flags. Right. So I would bring them in in small increments and little batches of markers would appear on my desk. Like, oh, how'd this get here? <laughs> Rather than... 400 markers are on my desk all of a sudden. So, same with spray paint. I had places I had to hide shit. I my couldn't. kid has to learn some fucking skill. My kid is so not slick. Oh, I'm... And he, like, when he's trying to sneak something, he'll be like, turn around and don't look. <laughs> and then he'll be like, and I'll be like, what do you do? Like, he's just the worst. That's not, I, I know, he needs to get schooled by some real... When you, when you were racking? That's not how you did it? No, I feel like I was, like, fully... I was stealing all the time. Like, Even when I was young, and it was mostly, like, down my sleeve like i could just tuck it here and just be like oh yeah bye. No. it was a like, part of life you know I mean? it was a part Literally, of life you could do a little wave bye oh i'm freezing like you know you what didn't I mean? say that when you walked into the hardware store like just turn around and don't look at me it's, i'm too i'm a shy shopper <laughs> <laughs> you're like don't touch me i need screws okay <laughs> oh my god so you're painting with vet who else is in your crew of like your people that you're through, like you're painting with now. Through vet, he would then introduce me to other like-minded writers. So this is like the whole like TMC like, crew, right? Well, like through vet, let's let's just let's go this direction. Mm-hmm. Through vet, I met Clark. Okay, and then me and Clark instantly hit it off. Right. And we, I think would, that's when I met you. Right, when you were, right, like in ninety one. Yeah, 92. around that time. He had long hair. I had long and, hair. Yeah, yes. he was into heavy metal. And I was like, oh, finally a rocker. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so me and Clark, we had the same kind of ideals. We looked at it the same and we were just racking all day. Right. Painting all night. It was like never enough. Right. Never enough. I mean, literally like insane and, and doing trains and doing freights and right. doing all kinds of fucking sick ass spots. Like we, again just absorbed and and just drenched it and and i learned looking back at things you know and you could look at anyone's other careers 
that the right partner makes all the difference. Oh, for sure. Most people on their own would only go but so far, but there were nights where I was just like, yo, I want to watch this basketball game, and yo, dude, we got to go tonight. You know, it's, it's the, and push you. And because I felt it on a certain night, it was like tripping, like, oh, shit, it's on me, you know. Right. Boom. And next thing you know, he's got me out, I got him out, we're pushing it till the sun came up again and again and again. So we we really went in that direction. And again, Vet's still painting. Mm-hmm. I'm still painting with Clark. And, and then through through doing these things, I then met up with, uh, I think we did a war with Purr and T-Kid and all of these guys in and around that same time period. Thus started then the the FX revolution, right? Because it was it's it's funny because I still in my head think of you as Cess FX, which like right, and I always just, right. Of course, you always like you, that's part of your like heritage and your um your history. But it was such a a crazy time in graffiti that that was sort of you know the top end production, like, right? But I was like a double agent at that time i was still fx we were doing more uh large scale murals mm-hmm. though permission was kind of like a blurred line right, on right, whether right. or not it was really permission we would just act as if so a lot of that was happening but it took sometimes days to do some of these walls so you really had to like really get it in well, yeah, you're standing on a rickety ladder and those All like, high spots like yeah. everything but you were doing a, a big mural that the mm-hmm. community could could dig and sending messages and there were other cats doing in and around the same right you know kind of vibe while doing that i was still going out after and still doing pieces on fucking tracks in tunnels doing this so i was doing that and i was doing this so where, do you think that – I know you have a throw-up. I've seen you paint it. I've seen it painted illegally. Mm-hmm. I've seen it painted a lot. But would you say you were like a throw-up guy no, too? No, you were not. like a peace guy. Right. Like style, a style. Right. I appreciate right. and I'm a fan of, of that. But no, I wouldn't say if, you, if you're talking about me or, or trying to describe right, me. Right, it's not. No, not a bomber. Not about catching tag. Even though I did. I did all of the – Sure primary shit a writer should do i did i caught i caught spots i had signatures mm-hmm. i did throw-ups i did this fill-ins outlines pieces i covered the whole shit you know but i really my strong point was piecing mm-hmm. was style writing and and in doing that you know i would rather do a piece than do three four five throw-ups at that time right i would rather get my point across with one piece then and cats would be with me and they would just do a whole bunch of throw-ups and I would do a piece. Right. Cuz everybody has what they what they like to do. But I lo- I really loved doing it in that sense like you know like that that was my shit. Right. Like that's I, where you I got felt, loose, right? And that's right. where right, like you felt later on You're right. I'd rather go and do throw-ups if if I went and did this because it was just like so fast and chubby and cute. Yeah, who yeah. has the energy to sit <laughs> totally. here and do this and Totally. You know, that's, I think, and I'm not saying that doing a throw-up is lazy, not not at all, you know. Well, it's different. It's, it's, you know, you're doing something relatively easy that you've, 
practice a thousand times where like a piece has to be like original, like each one. And Brad, that's like Brad's falling asleep. I think, He's like, oh, that's God, that's, that's where my boring. Brad, listen to me. Look Pieces. at me. Oh, <laughs> the throw up had to be like a stamp, like consistent. Right. Whereas if I did a piece, it could be different every time. So I was I can identify better with doing new and exciting uncharted shit all the time or try and do the same shit which I wasn't good at being repeated. If we go back to the beginning of the story, uh-huh. I couldn't do two S's that matched. So why am I going to attempt to do the same three letters and get them to match okay. over and over and over again? See, it's funny because I felt like the throw up, I had to change and morph and say something and make it different each time I painted it a different position like and like try to flip it because it was getting boring a little bit. Yeah, that's kind like, of your thing. No, but I appreciated yeah. cats that would just fucking blast shit off with like throw-ups everywhere and it it just registered like you know like a logo yeah right so yeah yeah yeah. that's that's really what it is and and i didn't have like a traditional throw-up i wanted my throw-up to read and just be like you know just be there okay kind of thing i i didn't go in for any any other kind of look i just wanted simple and clean and i still run with it yeah, to this it's, day. A good, it's a good, nice it's decent. Throw. I have no problems with it. And I flip it now, you know, I, I can do it in... Two S's, look all, out for two S's. All kind of, <laughs> it's not happening. No SS over here. Okay, so, um, so, so far, Randy, Cl- um, Clark, and Vet are your three people that are, have, like, helped kind of, like, mold you. Yes. Now, per, you're doing these productions. Right. It's like a r- real heavy work and like a standard right that you have but to again, like live let's, up to let's go back to that time uh cats who were there who lived it understand that it was a, it was the atmosphere of what was now happening a lot of people not a lot but certain crews and guys were doing more stylized murals mm-hmm. it became like an unwritten competition it was right, right? Yeah. so the in and around that same time period, became magazines. Correct. Uh, like Source with Chino and and other magazines that would then Crazy cover Kings. These kinds of things. So <laughs> now jumps. you were uh, you were trying to up the level of things at Correct. that point. Right, because you now you're didn't in competition. Have right, with, didn't have that right, before. Right, right. So now this puts that much more on you to then, you know collectively get together and let's let's make some other next level right, shit let's happen rise to the occasion right. right and do more and go bigger and go crazier and do this and do that and do this and it was it was showing up in print we're still not at the internet stage yet right but now these magazines would get handed around and people would come and take pictures and it would become a thing seems a, a bit crazy to come from this to that but this was the natural progression of what was happening at that time well yeah and now with exposure to this media and and being able to like see graffiti from around the world forget five different boroughs that you weren't even able to like access oh, it's became that style right and and the international appeal of it like spread throughout the globe right because now you had cats not that you didn't before but more so than before i'll say cats coming from europe and other parts of the world to now collaborate because they were seeing things in magazines. So this is the early nineties, right. and and so you're 
mostly like doing productions. You're stepping out and doing illegal shit, you know, but you're not like going on like bombing missions every night. Kind of. Kind of. Probably like, right. Kind of. I would, you know, I would do shit just because I could. Okay. And like I, I, I felt and I would see things in and around my travels. That I was like, I got to get that before someone else does. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Like, why didn't you want to work uh, at, uh, as an artist? Why didn't you want to be like a working artist? Why was it so separate for you? I think, for you? and I can, I'm, I'm just looking back at the 20 something year old me uh-huh. and thinking well why you know and i'm i'm gonna have to say because i was still so fascinated and and passionate about graffiti that i didn't want anything else from or to come into that right you were keeping it pure right and and that's primarily how i saw it like if i went ahead and did this because i walked away before to live an alternate lifestyle of partying and being this kind of person. I'm I'm like the kind of cat I can't focus on too many things. If this is what it is, then this is what we're doing. If we're going to do uh, this, then we're doing this. I can't, I'm not multi-dude, like I can't do I that. I saw you eating blueberries and walking, don't lie. You can do no, it. No, I was actually <laughs> sitting when I was eating blueberries. <laughs> Let me get some of those now. Um... So now, okay, so now bring us to, like, the mid-90s, and it's, like, the height of murals right right before everything changes, and they start taking all the murals down. Giuliani comes, and there's, like, a weird whitewashing of, like, New York City. Well, how can I say? We, We definitely, and I say we, I mean FX. We, we did a lot, mm-hmm. and we maxed out at that time. And we inspired so many people around the world because I know this for fact because it's been presented before me on so many levels mm-hmm. that time and still to this day. And you kind of reach a point like in anything else, like you have to evolve with what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't necessarily what was happening because things were changing, as you said, they were coming in and cleaning neighborhoods, and, and now they were figuring out that these cats really didn't have permission right. to do these things, and let, let's let's see about this, let's see about that. Uh, 
you know, in and around that time, I was also going to Europe a lot because of the graffiti jams, right? Y'all. Friendships I made with these, you know, other other writers, Lumet and and Dime, and a lot of cats. So I was doing a lot of traveling, uh-huh. which was really a trip because once you go somewhere else, it's like, oh shit, I don't have to go to work today. Nobody can call me. Nobody. I don't have to answer to nobody. So it was just all out fantasy fucking blitz. I can paint trains. I can, these dudes are just throwing paint at me. Good paint. They love, the Europeans, they love you. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> it, was the, it was the best. And, and again, in and around that time, here, here comes another transition. I started doing a lot of stuff with Scene. Okay. So me and Scene started traveling, doing shit. At the t- same time, we went back into what we both loved, which was creeping, just getting up, doing pieces. Right. We started hitting highways. We started hitting fucking spots and, and doing all of this stuff. When in actuality, if you did all of this stif- stuff already, why are you still doing it? It shows that, damn, these motherfuckers really love this right. shit. Right, they're, they're... Right? Like, if I'm taking myself out of myself and saying... why. Well, why is that happening, you know? And I see other people do it, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're dedicated. I, I can definitely identify with the feeling. I, but I also feel like some people in graffiti feel as though that's, like, the pinnacle of their life. It's the best times they had in their life. It's the time when they um, got, you know, the most props or whatever, and they kind of can't hang it up it's almost like a job for them where they um can't find that level of um enjoyment in other things you know possibly yeah that 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 could apply again i wasn't doing it for acceptance anymore or any of this stuff. it was for I was, yourself yeah right? i like was doing it because yourself. again it it was just i was still just really into it right and then scene i mean when scene calls you answer like he's right it it was a motivating factor of course and after doing a few joints we found that we had a lot of the same views Uh on things so in that sense we would we oh, would a little do gabagool after bullet. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, this kind of attitude was help pushing it you know okay. but it, again time period we're talking about a time period where things were happening. So when you're looking at it, you got to just put yourself into that bubble. Okay. This happened then. Why? Because of A, B, and C. You know, things are different now. Things were different then. Kinda, right. Kind of way of thinking. So did Seen and his sort of um, kind of, I would say he was like early on the, on the t- uh, tattoo wave. Did that sort of influence you into going in that direction? No, no. I tattooing came from med and in painting with med first and us forming a friendship through writing. uh, I would go and hang out with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tattooing was still illegal in New York and do different designs for him. Oh, yeah. Draw this up. Somebody wants to get this. So just hanging out and doing things. And I was like, wow, this is like some pretty interesting shit right here, you know. And at that time. If I'm mistaken, I was I was working sanitation. I had a job with sanitation, which was a very good job with good benefits, Great and, benefits. and so on and so forth. And I just remember like 
this shit is so not for fucking me. Like, I can't deal with this shit. Like, subjecting myself to this kind of shit, then there's other things. It's real work. It's like real fucking work. Yeah, it was kicking my ass. I wasn't built for it. Let's put it that way. You're like, I need a blueberry break, okay? Right, right. (laughs) Totally. So... Med was like, yo, boom, I got these machines. You can practice. You can come over here. You bring people. You could you could fucking hook it up. So he kind of opened so that Med door. So Med opened an illegal graffiti shop in the... No, what the fuck? I mean, not graffiti. I mean, tattoo shop? Every shop that you saw was illegal Oh, in New I York. know. I know. I, remember, I got a tattoo in your apartment from Josh Moody in fucking... Like, there was no... Remember Crazy Pumpkinhead Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he still around? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, and then Jonathan, like, I was bartending in the East Village, and Jonathan Shaw had a full-on, open-air, illegal tattoo shop. Right. I'm not saying it like, oh, you dirty... Tattoo. Right, no, like, no, no. no. So, so Med's like... Come by. Come by. I'm going to teach you how to tattoo. You're like, right. I'm into tattoos. I literally did, I'm going to say, two tattoos mm-hmm. on cats that I knew. Matter of fact, I tattooed Randy. was my first tattoo. Let's, Shout out let's, to Randy. Let's make it full circle. Shout out to and, Randy. Got the first tat. Right. And then we'll... Other other cats, I did like little things on. Mm-hmm. And I sh- took Your friends pictures. that don't want don't have any money and don't want to pay. They're well, like, oh, will you give me no, a tattoo? I, I think what I, what I did do was I, I fixed fucked up tattoos. Okay. So like, yo, dude, I saw, you know, I know you. Come by and I'll fix that for you. No charge. Don't even worry about it. And... After maybe three, four, five of those, Matt was like, yo, dude, you got this shit. Jump in. Get okay. paid. Okay. And from there, for the for the next uh, couple of decades, I tattooed with Med and, and Yes and other cats at Tough City. In Shout the out to Tough City. Hey. All right. Shout out to Tough City. So that opened up a whole nother world of escaping real life. I didn't have to go corporate and do these things which you mentioned before and learn how to do this and that, I still was able to maintain hands-on art. Okay. And earn a, a good right. living. Right, so now you're doing, like, you're doing art, like, all the time, My whole everywhere. existence is, is... Is art. Art-based. And, and creation. Right. So right. everything that I've done... I. Outside of I work for sanitation, let's right, not forget. Uh, right. and, and, but I realized I fucking walked in the office one day, full fucking uniform, and said, yo, I always did good by you guys, right? I, I was always on time. I did my thing, right? And they were, oh, yeah, you're great. I was like, all right, then fire me because I can't do this shit no more. <laughs> and they but did, and they gave you, like, I unemployment? I got unemployment. Shout and out I, to the cool bosses. Yeah, and yeah. I was, from there, I never looked back. I said, but why? Why do you want to do this? Because even at sanitation... Right, you get a pension, you but get, no, like... I, so- I was fucking putting flames on the side of containers oh. and doing... A, like, I was the painter. So <laughs> they were like, that's not OSHA approved, you know, we okay. can get in trouble. So I was like, damn, dude, I'm trying to hook shit up, and you guys are, like... <laughs> fucking me up like so i was like yeah this don't work for me they're like we're in the business of garbage okay? right <laughs> right right you don't need to look oh, good man. <laughs> it was it was tough it was like fucking really really tough the, yeah no i mean you have to be up at the crack of dawn i never saw the lot. sun it's a lot for years because i'd get up at four and i'd leave work at fucking eight or nine at night right and i'm taking six trains a fucking day i was i was like yo this this can't be it for what to have a nicer couch, you know what I mean? To 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 live a certain 
I can't. There's so wh- what year is tough is uh, illegal Tough City opened? Well, Tough City had been open for a few years prior to me showing up okay. on the doorstep. Uh, I started tattooing. I'm going to say ninety six, ninety seven. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And that was the Kingsbridge spot. Or was there like another spot before that? It was uh, Kingsbridge, yeah. I used to paint the roof <laughs> of Tough I City. Remember. I remember you there. Because I had to like, I stopped painting for so Wait, long. Where was Tough City? In the Bronx. That but was that, was the set, that was like so the third Tough City. You that painted the, the one with, with the big dragon in the hallway. Yes, yes, and yes. And go yes. out onto the but roof. But they had... Inch pieces on the like the tiniest little roof panel. Right. Like, they were like so small. I was like, oh, look at my piece. <laughs> right now, but I was like a young. I was like a young uh, blueberry eater. <laughs> Twelve inch tiny little pieces. I'm getting you blueberry basket. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did you find that you had like a passion for tattooing? In the beginning, it was challenging. In the beginning, it was it was also it was like a cool subculture. Now it's just like definitely, and it was it was lucrative. Like you you made cash money Mm. hand over fist. Mm -hmm. As much as you put out is as much came back. Like it, the clock never stopped. Right. It was just whatever you whatever you wanted to do. It was there. Right. And I was like, holy shit, this is fucking incredible. Like it fit. It fit perfect because an artist, I can do things on the fly. I'm quick. I'm focused. I was I was really doing it. At the same time, I'm still f- in love with writing graffiti. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still into doing this shit, traveling, painting, piecing. And the only other difference now is the shift comes in that sense where uh, I wasn't racking anymore. So that component of graffiti then slowly left right because now it would impede on the rest of your life as well as you know sponsorships sponsorships then came shout out to the sponsors right and and (laughs) things the game started to change so here we are evolving we're in books we're in magazines now we're getting sponsors we're flying around the world i'm still maintaining this certain lifestyle here i'm not letting go i'm still out there painting I'm I'm tattooing and I'm doing other side artwork on the side and and getting through, getting by, and I'm happy. Most of all, throughout this, capital letters, I'm happy throughout this. There's not, like, any kind of disappointment or feeling defeated at any point. Right. I'm going on this roller coaster ride based upon, you know, starting out as a writer— so did you have like uh, like any like crazy beef with someone in particular that like you were like lining them they were lining you or they no. were like you, like nonsense you, nonsense here and there no right just Can't a, say just I like ever a, did. a rando here and there a right. rando hater yeah nothing that I would even want to publicize right you're such a nice guy totally you share nice guy. blueberries yeah. you, would, uh, you totally I got you would, those. <laughs> in abundance <laughs> um. Who's your who in your opinion? Who's your favorite graffiti writer? Doesn't have to be personality. I mean, they're oh man. Like, who do you think is the best? That's always such a it's a loaded question, right? Yeah, because we can go in so many. I mean, I know it's me. You don't have to say it on the show, all right? You're you're top ten while I'm in the room. (laughs) No, but who would you say like sort of um maybe it's like to me. My favorite is Blade. I've never met Blade. No, met Bla- no, oh, no, never yeah, met. Yeah, yeah, I'm really um, cool. With Blade. And like, 
the idea that like he sort of like invented all of that in his dreams and like it was he's, just this like highly conceptual. Oh, when you meet him, it'll all come together too because really? he's so animated. Yeah, 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 totally. I, I think my favorites Blade would be up in there, but I, I really, you know, Randy. <laughs> Yeah, as a kid, vet. As a kid, vet. I mean, vet. Was one of my like vets. Yeah, vets. One of the greats, and I think he's like an unsung hero. He he really is. Mm -hmm. Like, and the fact that he's still going and doing it. Like, there there are certain things I remember one time, and I don't want to put his business. It's not really. It's 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 just an experience. It's folklore. I remember we were in in a station subway station one night, and I, I don't know if we we were catching tags or whatever. And the yeah, we were. And the token booth person got on the fucking mic and was like, you know, I'm going to fucking call the police and this, that, and this. And Vet turned to the the clerk and was like, listen, man, this is what the fuck we do. People have died and been persecuted for their art. Go ahead and call the police. This is, we believe in this shit. And you know what? And this shit's going to be here whether you like it or not. Wow. Whether, and, and like gave them this whole sermon and they just shut up and they were like. All right. You're right. I could I could sense the passion in the fucking station right now. I mean, wow, right? And he really like stood up for it. Like that's the first time I saw it. And I thought I could do that on occasion in life. I saw cops running at me at a wall and I'm like, I'm going to talk to them the way vet talked to them and see how that works out. Man, I got the shit kicked out of me on several occasions cuz that cop as he got closer did not look happy. <laughs> How they dare hate you not running. run? How dare you make No, they you hate run. more that you don't run. Oh. Oh yeah, I've I've been put through it. It didn't it didn't stop me though. I mean, there were certain things where I was like, "Man, how why do I do this shit?" You know, there were there were several uh, Of course, there's always some those nights, those nights where you're like, Damn, "Yeah, that is I've, it worth it?" Right. Is it really worth it? But in the end, yeah. Um, I'll do it again. Okay, so Vet Blade Oh, my top, my top. Your uh, top five. Give me your top five in your like people that have, um, you know, influenced you. People that you grew up looking, you know, at people you've painted with. Whoever. Again, different cats for different reasons. I can't tell you a top five, and then leave out another twenty. Yeah, you can. You know what I mean? You no, can do I, it, you can do it right I, now. I, no, I, 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 I like, on the, on I that like fruit. cats. For doing specific things. Of course, things. We, are, we, are, we know you're a lover and a fan of, of uh, all writers, but like people that are like person, like per, like scene, right? Wouldn't you put them in your. I love Richie shit. Uh, always been a fan since I'm a kid. Right. And that's one of the trips about uh, uh, the ev- my evolution mm-hmm. is starting out, going back in time and watching style wars or reading subway art books and and so on and so forth to actually meet martha and henry to then right go traveling with scene and paint with scheme and do this with t-kid and this one and that one and, and all your childhood heroes you know are now like we're we're there we're in each other's rolodexes we holler at each other we do things on on a real life level like we know bigger and better we share the experience of this right and i think back to the like i said to the to the 13 year old me and say wow someday you're gonna become not only friends with these guys but you're gonna 
you know, be on such a level. Right. You're going to be like shoulder to shoulder with the greats. Right. And this was what I aspired to be as as a youth. I didn't. Well, baby, you made it. Right. But right. It, because every every single article that I read is Cess is the top wild style technician from New York. That's Number one. Subjective. That, but, that's, it, but it. I feel like most people use you sort of as their, you know, like that's the guy to beat or that's the guy to like get on the level of. I'm sure there was a day when maybe that actually applied and I felt the no, heat. Look at him. He's I, being all like I cute. felt the heat. Okay. But nowadays with this porthole of a, mm-hmm. in your pocket right. that everyone could look and – Every fucking three minutes, somebody is reinventing the wheel of graffiti to the point where I look at it and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? They're doing that with paint. Now, I use the graffiti real loose there. Yes, right. I'm not talking about doing like, you know, a beautiful. Yeah, but even in the sense, you see the way these trains are getting killed. I mean, it's crazy. You you know, all of this. And that's, that's really the essence of what's happening, you know, and... Be it that it's bail reform or whatever the fuck is, else is going on in New York City at this time, shit is still alive it's and still, popping. You know, I really thought there was a point in time, I would say probably it was maybe five years ago, when they started putting the cameras everywhere, like London. And I was like, it's done. But that never stopped anyone. I, I know. I was like, it's fucking done. I don't That's even it. believe. You can't. You, like, yeah. they'll, just, they'll just film you. I painted just, right like, under the camera and nothing happened. So, again, Damn. a point I want to make while, while I was thinking of what I was saying there is that, again, going back to my, my starting writing and getting involved and mm-hmm. stuff, I never thought that it would become the monster that it did today. It's not like the motivation isn't money. Ta- it's not you know? the money. It's never been about the money for me. Right. It's just something that eventually. In, but I think people like to quantify or, like, validate it through money because we are in a capitalist society. Right. Well, you know then, what I mean? Then That's... going back, then then one should have never gotten involved in graffiti at all. Right. I should have became a doctor or a lawyer or a rock star, right? Garbage man. Gar- top, I should, I sh- top, top man? Could have been. Could have been top of the heap. Golden garbage can <laughs> on my shelf. So, yeah, I, I, didn't, I never looked at it in that sense and said, okay, the one with the most money mm-hmm. is the winner even inside of this culture mm-hmm. of, of writing, not not interested in that end of it. It comes mm-hmm. because people can sense the passion and your peers then let, without saying so, you become this person, right? right? So here I am doing these things and things start happening. Right. I'm making money. I'm asked to do this, to do that, to do all kinds of things. Emails are always coming in. Phones are always ringing. Shit is happening. But it wasn't my goal. I didn't put myself out there, to, like on a corner, like to, to right to to so that you could like my, right, right, my right. skill. It just ha- it just, it happens, just happens as supply and demand. Right, absolutely. And I think if I wanted to, I couldn't do it. Mm. If I went out there and said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna make this happen. This is what I want to do with what I do." I'm not talking about all of a sudden changing my stripes and becoming a, a well. I another no- thing. I notice. It's very hard to take traditional piecing graffiti and put it on a canvas because graffiti really needs scale. 
And when you sort of put it on, you know, a 18 by 12 inch canvas, all of a sudden it's just like it turns into a tiny well, little yeah. post. You're, not, stamp you're and no longer doing it with spray paint at that point right? because what are you really going to get at 18 inches? But I look at it in this sense, if we're talking that. Right. I agree. Okay. When you go and put stylized pieces on canvas. When you miniaturize them. like Not even miniaturize, okay. just doing it on canvas, let's say. It's like a, a an animal in the zoo. It okay. shouldn't be there. Like that tiger needs to be free running right. around. That lion needs to be king of the jungle and being out there. The graffiti needs to be on the street. That's where it's from. It needs to be Correct. on the train and that's where it's... That's where it thrives. That's where it inspires. We stop that thought for a second and we say, but wouldn't it be cool to have this time capsule of certain periods of certain writers when they were at their peak? And you can't save that wall forever or that train forever. And here we have actually the tools, the instruments, the, the, the imperfections and everything right here for years for people to see and to, to behold the, the, what was happening during such times. And I look at it in that sense, like I'm long gone. But paintings that I did of things that I thought I was at my best doing will then live on. Sure. Right? So be that if it was done life-size or with spray paint, yes, that would be the optimal situation to have it at that level. But more... Moreover than that, the actual person did this. Be it size, doesn't matter anymore. The, right. This actual dude did this right here. There's right. a lot of cats that have passed in graffiti that their stuff becomes sought after or like, you know. Yes. You wish they did more because you yeah. would have wanted something from that cat. I know I would have. Sure. Right? So I look at it in that sense of, okay, when you can, you can. And I don't necessarily paint or have painted for the acceptance or or to do it to to please somebody else okay i i go in my studio and i do what i feel like doing and the chips they're gonna fall where they may kind of attitude and you get what you get (laughs) yeah and i just keep i build upon this you know and then people, yeah, yeah, have been commissioned to do certain things. So and, now you're now you you stop tattooing and you're only doing. No, I uh, still art. I still have my space in Tough City, um, but primarily right now I've been focusing on art for the past couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Um. Did you feel that tattooing put a lot of pressure on you because it's so like it's on a person is it different like no. spray paint's very like forgiving you know like you can just kind of paint over tattooing, like tattooing seems so like no tattooing is tattooing and it's and it's 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 its own universe right there were times where i had the same passion in tattooing that i would in painting but now it's not like i got a bond with the surface of the wall but i do have to have some bond with the person because i'm going to be sitting with you now for the next few hours and this happens over and over and over again. Oh, so now, imagine the conversation. So yeah, annoying. you're repeating a lot of shit. <laughs> and how'd you get into this? And I wish I could just hit play. Just listen to this tape while I tattoo you. Listen, any other questions, you can email me. It becomes that, you know. For me, it did. Okay. But there are a lot of good friends of mine who are very who who live from tattooing, 
and they are great people, and they really have that passion right. for tattooing, and it shows. Not that I didn't or I don't. I think I just lean a bit more into painting. Okay. So what it, what is your preferred medium when you're working on art that isn't a, a like a wall? Like, are you drawing? Are you painting with I brushes? Draw are you every day? Okay, I draw every day. Um, and yeah. like with what? Pencil, like marker, rapidographs, Mo- like what are you using? Mixed media. I have all different. I have a whole set setup of everything you can imagine, okay. from markers. Oh, to I brushes know markers. I had to buy to create. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> Even you didn't have an eBay account. I had to like buy. Right. I bought like five hundred dollars. He was like, "Get the five hundred dollar pack." I was like, "I you still get, like, have five hundred dollars worth of markers." Oh, I have and then I was like, thousands. "Oh my god, should I buy five hundred dollars worth of markers?" <laughs> but I, of course, I didn't. <laughs> I have thousands and thousands of dollars in, in invested in uh-huh. these things because I'm always seeing things and trying different things and you know. And what do you think about like have you ever heard that spray paint eats through canvas and that like your art won't survive? But this is before th- uh, this. I always think about because I haven't heard it since the new European paint came out. And are you shifting your materials to work on canvases? Like, are you using like acrylic spray paint? Because it's going to have, like, more longevity as opposed to, like, the enamel, which is going to eat, you know, and it's like a... like no, a, I mean... Is that even if you prime it, really? It depends sure on the you... weight of the canvas, the, the makeup of the canvas. If you buy some bullshit, you know, roll of canvas that's, like, whatever... I'm getting a pre-stretch from Michael's. So yeah, well, then, then you're going to get what you get. Totally. But okay. if you go and invest <laughs> in linen no. or you... <laughs> Pre-prime, like linen, yes. ten ounce, twelve ounce, thirteen ounce. These things are s- set up for spray paint. Oh, they are. Yeah, like what? They're super. Give us some knowledge. They're super thick. They're dense in the sense that. So you're looking for super thick linen canvas? No, not linen. It could it could be cotton. It could be cotton. Yeah, linen is a bit more expensive for, summer. It's for the summer. Right. No, but it's it's a whole different it's a whole different feel. Um, yeah. No, there's there's differences. In and across the board, yes. If you paint with shit on shit, you're going to get shit. Okay. So if you use the right shit, you're going to get the good shit. Right. Right? Right. That's that's how I see it. I have paintings that I've personally painted. They're over 20 years old. You couldn't tell that I didn't do them yesterday. Huh. Now. Quality, baby. It's not only the the quality, quality. It's also about how you store and keep them. If you think you're just going to fucking hang this by your fucking big open window and your heater's there. And, and the sun's shining. And all, yeah, and all like, of this right, stuff. Right, and, right, No. Then you're going to, your shit is just going to rot. But I, I paintings have been around with spray paint. Okay. For decades. Huh. You know, and really, I'm going to get on some, some real shit. You know, like spray I, mounted on some like fucking wood and like, <laughs> I got I got more years behind me than I do ahead of me. So I don't give a fuck. If 50 years from now, my painting's just a little bit off than the purple I painted. I doubt it's going to turn to dust on some right. Indiana Jones shit. They'll figure out some shit. <laughs> they'll come up with some yeah. like, right. And know? hopefully there'll be a line to see this shit. Right. Because I really believe that this is constantly moving forward. And I don't care about the super rich and the elite people gathering around it and, and treating it like, you know... Some some laws. No, you want the everyday everyday man to the people. The people who appreciate the people. The people who appreciate it because so many of us were raised in and around the generations that we grew up with this shit. 
these other cats, they didn't. Right. So, of course, they're not going to get it or invest in it or take part. It doesn't mean anything to them, nor does their shit mean anything to me. Right. So you're going to give me something from these cats? They say, oh, but you, you don't understand. This is one of these. And I'll be like, all right, dude. Nothing. Like, it does nothing for me. And I'm sure graffiti has that same effect on others. Don't care. Right. There's don't. a lot of people that don't care. Like Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brad. Would I be here? I mean, obviously. <laughs> No, Brad is. I'm doing it for the. He's he's doing doing it for the love. Doing it for the dollars. (laughs) Keep them coming. (laughs) Peel them off. So, on a typical like, what would be your like fantasy day? On a regular fucking week at home, you're getting you're getting up. You're drinking um, obviously a fruit smoothie. And then you are at home drawing, you're going to the studio, you're painting a wall. Like, what do you do? Like, what's your... I would, I would say all of that. Would all be the right. Because yeah. your whole day is, like, filled with art. Yeah. But breaks are as important, too. Oh, well, I know that, honey. Right? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Brad, you, can you dig it? Brad's a break man. Brad's dig, here forever. dig you, the break. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> The perfect day, I don't know. I would love to I'd love to be traveling, I'd love to be painting, I'd love to be eating some really good you know. You wanna do stuff. Yeah, I I wanna explore, I wanna experiment, I wanna I wanna you know, live. I just wanna lay. <laughs> I swear I just I wanna have, lay I just I wanna have, lay around and then like days. do nothing and like be dirty. I have and, those like, days. <laughs> no, so I can't be dirty. Dirty I can't do. Oh no, I know, I know. He's very meticulously groomed and very clean. Shh. Always. Yeah. Always. Even when you were heavy metal. You had like white jeans or something. I never had like... white jeans in my life. <laughs> I don't even like white shoes or sneakers. <laughs> I don't even have white socks. And what's your Instagram? Oh man. It's you know my Instagram about hats. Oh yeah! I went through this whole. He thing. had his oh, no. fucking Instagram stolen. Ouch! Oh, it was awful. That's the worst, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even see it coming, and I hope whoever did it, you're listening, because I'm doing fucking fine. That shit should never stop anyone. Though at the time, you feel so violated. That's the scary thing about Instagram. I told the person it when never, they hacked me, it's not listen, yours. You're borrowing it. The dude hacks me. I'm in the middle of doing some fucking event downtown here. Right. Right? And I'm on my way there, and the people that are having this event who are paying me good money to be part of this event, can you post uh, oh. for this for this event and let people know you're going to be here? I'm like, sure, no problem. I'm in traffic coming down. They're like logging again, right? I go, yeah, yeah. I can't get on. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my fucking phone must be fucked up, so I don't think about it. I said, I'll deal with it when I get there. When I get there, I still can't. Get on. I can't figure it out. And it comes to me, finally hits me like, oh shit, I just been fucking jacked. I don't, I never had this happen. It's kind of like another l- tough- losing your fucking wallet. Like you're like, oh, wait a minute. This never happens yeah. to me. How did this? So another Tough City alum had a crazy Instagram account, failed tattoos that was hacked. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. By yeah. a lumber company because he had a lot of followers, like 300 and something thousand followers. And they came in, they stole it, they changed it to, like, lumber, like, today's lumber, today's flooring special. I didn't get that nice niceness. I got, 
They took my shit. Were they like trying to get money from you? They no. They wrote Sess is dead as <gasps> my title or my name, whatever you have, and then they started. Just deleting all of my pictures. Oh. A lot of these pictures were on the fly. There was sure, lot, and there are other people's were, pictures, right? Yeah, that you're like were, reposting. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's important. It's Sess number four wish. That's instead what of it is. right, the other one was wish for Sess. Right, and you that's really you can get at me through there. And what about what's your website? It's oh sessism.com. Right. Which Boy, I have Instagram is nice. It's decent, right? I try and maintain it. Yeah, Brad, you would like these. They're very, um, like, well-themed. Like, look at the Wonder Bread. says his name. Oh, sweet. Look at that. He's good. Uh, Brad is an incredible illustrator. Brad is, like, Brad is one of these, like, motherfuckers that, like, he's, like, a musician. (laughs) He's an artist. He can do, like, anything. Number one, number one guy. Oh, yeah? He's not to. You just got- shoot right. <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, yeah, find out more at sessism.com. There's tons of interviews. There's tons of photos. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It was, it was great. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we're out. Isn't he a sweetie? He's a sweetie. Oh, hell yeah. Kudos to Sess and, uh, you know, continued success and um, all of that. And if you want to catch up and find out more about Sess, you can go on the internet. He has a website, Sessism, C-E-S-I-S-M dot com. Uh, his Instagram is really like fun and he always puts up a new drawing every day and they're always like so fucking dope and you're like, Ugh, you every ever day. have a bad day? You ever have a bad every day? Every day. Every day. Just fucking. <laughs> I like that. I mean, it's, it's almost annoying to see like his skill level because right. I can like draw. I know you can draw. All right. I can't draw like that right. and not like effortlessly, like just like flowing out of my fingertips. Like I have to really try and I have to erase it 900 times. Right. You know what I mean? Like and it's a stuff different. Is cool. Like it's thoughtful kind of. Yeah. You know, it looks like there's a mood there. Yes. There's. Right? I can just draw the fucking whatever in front of me, but. It's not there's a vibe, inspired. right? There's yeah. no, there's a story. There's yeah, a deeper yeah. story. And, um, you know, you guys need to t- tune on in. Of course you can find Brad tweeting nonstop <laughs> Instagramming and just being the internet sensation he is at Soundwag. Uh, keep an eye on going off track. I want to hear my voice more, which of course I could see that you would want to. Oh my God. With Benny Horowitz, yes. who's the drummer for Gaslight Anthem. Uh, we do going off track. Goingofftrack.com. Goingofftrack.com. So we're about to relaunch weekly very soon. Oh, I'm excited. Mm. <laughs> 
all Brad all the time. 24 hours of Brad in your ear. And then you know, you know where I am, everybody, don't you? <laughs> Claw Money, Clonco, Instagram. Oh my God, Clonco.com. I'm omnipresent, honey. I'm everywhere. All right. And uh, shout out to Bubble. Shout out to Acast. Yeah. Our homie it Tim. Stephanie, the whole crew. Yeah. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank <laughs> you.